Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to tell you 10 things no one tells you when you graduate from college. Whether you're a recent graduate, never attended, or attended 20 years ago, I guarantee you're going to love this episode. But first, today's episode is brought to you by MediShare. Have you guys ever had buyer's remorse? You know, that feeling of intense regret because the thing you thought you just had to have was only something you used once or twice. For me, it was the time I bought a really expensive road bike because I thought I was going to get into cycling. I proceeded to hang it on the wall in my garage and feel ashamed for six months. Well, I know some of you are experiencing buyer's remorse right now for something much more frustrating. You know what I'm talking about. It's the healthcare you rushed to get during open enrollment last December. Well, I have some good news for you. You've probably heard me talking about our main sponsor for this podcast, MediShare, and these guys have the answer to healthcare buyer's remorse. Check this out. Members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. They say the typical family saves up to $500 per month. And here's the best part. You can become a member at any time. So that means it isn't too late to ditch your buyer's remorse and switch to a more affordable healthcare that will save you money and help you sleep better at night. If this is your first time you're hearing about MediShare, it is the best alternative to health insurance that allows you to share the burden of medical bills, offers access to 900,000 plus healthcare providers, and has a proven 25-year track record. Plus, in addition to saving hundreds per month as a member of MediShare, you will also have access to free telehealth and free telecounseling. You won't find that with any traditional health insurance provider. Guys, it only takes two minutes to see how much you could save. Go investigate that for yourself and your family at metashare.com slash John. That's metashare.com slash John. Remember, John doesn't have an H in it. So it's M-E-D-I, that's meta, share, S-H-A-R-E dot com slash J-O-N. Okay, okay, back to the episode. I, I have never been invited to give a commencement address at a college. This is disappointing because for the first time in my life, I own a sports coat that fits and, this is critical, a belt that is not two-sided. I used to constantly just buy belts that one side was brown and the other side was black because that's, it's like two belts in one. I don't, it's just so convenient. Now, I might be considered too young to give a commencement address as I'm only 45, despite the gray hair that I've acquired that has prompted many a TSA agent to go, uh, is this, is this you? as they stare at my dark hair driver's license from a few years ago. But I have spent 23 years in the workforce. I think I did the math on that right. I graduated from college from Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama in 1998. It is now 2021. That's, oh, that's 24 years. Oh my, I'm so old. Oh my gosh. I've been around. I'm almost a quarter century working. I've worked at big companies, small ones. I've been promoted and fired. I've started my own business. I found and left my dream job. I've learned a lot, mostly the wrong way. If I was ever given a chance to speak at a graduation, I would try to give tips that would apply to your life, whether you're 24 or 44. I've been to too many boring graduation ceremonies. And so I try to send all the graduates and all the parents home with something they could use immediately. And I would title it 10 things no one tells you when you graduate from college. It would be a list and it would go something like this. Number one, the real world is more fun than grumpy adults have ever told you. 
Don't listen to people in their 40s who act like the best part of your life ends the minute you get your diploma. Welcome to the real world. Is the real world all cotton candy and unicorn rides? No, of, of course not. But sometimes misery loves company and it recruits it too. When you start a new job, there will definitely be a group of people there who don't like their job and don't like being an adult. Avoid these people like the plague. They've bought into the cultural lie that a job is just a job and that you should only work for the weekend. Nonsense. Your job can be meaningful. Your weekdays can matter. Whenever I see someone post something like, don't grow up, it's a trap on Instagram, I think there's someone who doesn't know how fun it can be to be an adult. And don't let people who don't like their lives color how you see yours. And right now, if you're thinking, John's wrong, John's wrong, being an adult is terrible. Well, let's do something about that. I think you might just have some broken soundtracks or repetitive thoughts that haven't been telling you the truth. Read chapter three of my new book soundtracks. It might be time to turn down your stress a little bit. Being an adult can be awesome. The second thing that no one tells you when you graduate from college is one of your friends will be instantly successful. They will move to New York City or San Francisco or Austin or Nashville. Everyone is moving to Nashville right now and they will make finding a great job Seems so easy. They will earn the kind of money that allows you to pay for your own Netflix instead of stealing your parents. Can you imagine that wealth? Like they'll be so rich they can buy a whole bag of Whole Foods. Like you go in full bag, walk out full bag, pay for it all at once. Amazing. You will hate them at least a little bit because watching their meteoric rise through the filtered window of social media will make you feel like it'll never happen for you. Don't get caught in the trap of comparison. And by the way, this never ends either. There will always be someone ahead of you. Whenever I find myself stressed out, sprinting frantically to get ahead, I ask, what am I trying to get ahead of? And the answer is usually one of three things. I'm trying to get ahead of, number one, people I'm not really in competition with. Number two, the world's definition of success. Or number three, a mythical, perfect version of myself. And then I slow down. That's all you have to do. If you're worried about getting ahead, go, wait, 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 wait. What am I trying to get ahead of? And I guarantee you're in a race you really don't want to even run in. Number three, the third thing that nobody tells you when you graduate from college is your 20s are lonelier than you think they'll be. They're glamorized in culture, presented as the time of your life. And as you binge watch an entire season of Married at First Sight on Netflix, I love that show, you will wonder, is every other person my age at an amazing party right now that I, I just don't know about? Well, let me, let me tell you, they're not. The truth is, when you leave college, you leave the tightest, largest concentration of people who are your age. Suddenly, you're scattered around the country and community won't involve just walking out onto the quad. You'll have to fight for it. That's not failure. That's just reality. Seek it out. It's not easy to make friends as an adult, but it's definitely possible if you'll be brave. And hey, if you're in your 30s or 40s, reach out to someone in their 20s and tell them this point. They think we've all got it figured out and they're the only ones who feel lonely. They're not. Send them the link to this podcast and tell them the truth. Encourage them. Number four, the fourth thing that no one tells you when you graduate from college is being an adult comes with an obscene amount of paperwork. Stay on top of it. Taxes, 401k enrollment, healthcare, apartment contracts. Prepare to be awash in forms that make the Apple Terms of Service Agreement seem pleasant. Don't ignore the paperwork. I once did that, 
And I, I assumed the company I worked for would handle a healthcare issue I had. I thought I had kidney stones. Turns out it was just an ultimate Frisbee injury. What, what an adult I was, right? Who gets an ultimate Frisbee injury? I threw the paperwork for the bill from the doctor into the trash because I just thought that my company like, would magically pay it. I didn't think anything of it until years later, right before I got married. My then fiance, Jenny, said, hey, how come you keep getting such terrible credit card offers from like the Bank of Hawaii or like the United Credit Union of Kona? This one's for 25% APR, she said. And I, I said, I don't know what a lot of those words mean. Um, that's how I replied. But I did end up getting a credit check and discovered much my dismay that my $81 doctor's bill had never been paid and was now at a collection agency. My credit score was like an eight. I don't mean any hundred. I mean a literal eight. Stay on top of the paperwork. Number five thing that nobody tells you when you graduate from college is most of work is just paying attention in meetings. Roughly 93% of your job, depending on what you do, depends on your ability to pay attention in meetings. You might have been able to tune out in a class of 400 people for an hour, but if you try that in a meeting at work, people are going to notice. Even on Zoom, like even on Zoom, people can tell when you've checked out. Show up on time, take notes, add value, ask questions, accept, and this is a huge distinction. This is a big point I'm about to drop on you. Don't ask questions when the meeting is over. The world feels really divided right now, doesn't it? I mean, don't you feel like there's a lot of division? But one thing that is universally agreed on by every gender, ethnicity, political party, and religion, the one thing we all agree on is that the person who extends a meeting by asking a bunch of unnecessary questions sucks. Follow up with the person leading the meeting later on your own. Don't be a meeting extender. Everyone hates the meeting extender. Number six, the sixth thing that no one tells you when you graduate from college is if you move home, make sure you bring an exit strategy with you. Pay rent to your parents, do your own laundry, buy your own food, have a deadline for how long you're going to stay there. Home is comfortable, but the distance between comfortable and complacent is surprisingly short. Just because you're sleeping in the same room you had in middle school doesn't mean you have to act like an adolescent. And if anyone tries to make you feel ashamed to be living at home with your parents, regardless of what age you are, don't listen to them. We just had, I don't know if you guys had this too, we just had a global pandemic and that shuffled a lot of people's living situations and we need more grace for each other. I lived with my parents about a year after college. Then when they moved to another state, which I, I really don't feel like I got a vote on, I lived in a trailer park retirement community. Wait a, wait a second. Uh, don't rush past that one, John Acuff. Did you, did you say what I thought you said? Yeah, you heard me correctly. I once lived in a trailer park in a retirement community. Let that sentence settle because there's, there's a lot going on in it. I was 24 years old living in Massachusetts. When my parents, who were really my roommates, moved to North Carolina, I didn't have anywhere to go. A friend of my father, who was amazingly kind, said that his parents go to Florida every winter and that I could winter over in their trailer if the community would allow someone under 55 years old to be there. Now, before you get any ideas, this wasn't some fancy double wide. This is a single trailer. That's not the weird part, though. A lot of people live in trailers. The weird part was that the longer I lived there, the more I started acting like an old person. I started watching TV in a rocking chair because that's what they had in this little living room. The trailer was cold because the winters in Massachusetts are brutal. 
So I would throw a homemade Afghan over my legs like I was in a Georgia O'Keeffe painting of the Midwest. And I wasn't just watching TV. I started finding CBS sitcoms hilarious. I'd watch episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond and think, that Raymond is such a stitch. He's a real stitch. For Christmas that year, this is 100% a true story. For Christmas that year, I asked my parents to give me a foot massager. They were confused, but they don't understand how tired your feet get when you get old. It's a circulation thing. You young people with your hip to the hop and little babies and Snapchats, you wouldn't understand. Now, can you picture that, please? Can we, can we paint a picture in our minds? Me in a rocking chair, afghan over my legs, feet on a vibrating massager, CBS on the television. That's what you call it when you've reached the, the later years, the television. I'd only get up to make sure the door was locked. My elderly neighbors would occasionally get confused and try to come into my trailer, at which point I'd draw the curtain back and stare out the window grumpily. You get off my lawn, you whippersnappers. I'm honestly surprised that I didn't get a rascal scooter. It's mostly turning radius that matters and just become a greeter at Walmart. When I applied, they would have told me, um, I think you're too young to be a greeter here. At which point I would have said, you just made my day and then slapped them playfully on the arm with my handkerchief. If I had stayed there another month, I probably would have just shriveled up and died like that guy from the Indiana Jones movie who drank from the wrong goblet. Is that story weird? It feels weird now that I say it out loud. Hmm. Okay, back to our list. Number seven thing, they don't tell you when you graduate from college is this. Don't spend all your time with idiots and then wonder why it's hard to meet someone great to date. If you move to the desert, like say you relocated to the desert, and then you told me that the surfing there is terrible, I would agree. I bet the kayaking is terrible too. And then I would ask you why you expected sand dunes to offer optimal water sports. I am by no means a marriage or dating expert, but if you spend all your time with idiots, you're going to marry an idiot. That's just math. And it's true for life in general. If you're an entrepreneur and you spend all your time hanging out with entrepreneurs who make terrible decisions, it's going to be easier for you to make terrible decisions. The people you spend time with matter. Number eight thing that nobody tells you when you graduate from college is don't be an idiot online. Recently, I talked to a CEO that I know. During the conversation, he told me his company had started using firms that create online background checks for potential employees. There are now firms that will scrape your TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, anything you do online and create an extensive profile on you. The company thinking about interviewing you right now has something new to think about. Is that an evasion of privacy? Maybe, maybe it is, but the days of employers not researching your digital footprint are long gone, my friend. And I'm not talking about jobs for just high paid executives. I'm talking about any and every level of corporate work. Why is this a problem? Because we all tend to be idiots online sometimes. We complain about our past bosses. We whine about our jobs. We post photos from spring break. We go on long, curse-filled political diatribes. And bit by bit, pixel by pixel, we create a profile of ourselves that will sink even the most amazing resume. Want to ruin an interview that went really well? Do something stupid on Facebook. Want to reduce the value of that college degree you're getting right now? Make horrible mistakes online. Do you want my best career advice? Stop being an idiot online. Your next job is watching, I promise. That's why I'm always so flabbergasted, which is such a fantastic world. I'm always so flabbergasted when I see someone complain about their job online. That's easily one of the dumbest things you can do. And it's stupid on two levels. Number one, someone at your current job might see it. Even if you're a private account, they might see it. And number two, no one wants to hire the complainer. No one sees you complaining and goes, 
hey, this person looks like a real team cancer. Look how they're eviscerating their company publicly. It would be awesome if they would do that to our company too. Let's reach out. Let's see about hiring them. Number nine, the ninth thing no one tells you when you graduate from college is don't burn many bridges. I know a few jerks who have made it pretty far in life. To pretend otherwise would would be a lie. Jerks occasionally win. They make lots of money. They get famous. They accomplish lots and lots of things. They succeed in a million different ways. But there's a catch. Jerks who win only win temporarily. The people around them are just biding their time. They're waiting until they get brave enough to leave or have a slightly better option or life catches up with the jerk and they finally lose. When any of the above three happens, people will abandon ship as fast as they can because no one healthy likes a long-term journey with a jerk. Being nice is a much better long-term plan. Not only does it allow you to build something really amazing with really amazing people, it just feels a whole lot better too. Being a jerk is always an experience that empties you out. It might gift you with outward success, but inwardly, being mean, cruel, or dismissive to other people hollows you internally. Nice works better. So how do you do nice? Well, I'll give you seven simple words that will completely change your ability to be nice. Think of it as a new soundtrack. You ready? Here they are. Pretend you live in a small town. Let me say it one more time because I talk so fast. Pretend you live in a small town. When you live in a small town, you are not anonymous. People know you. Those people will see you again. You can't burn bridges because small towns don't have many bridges. You might disagree with someone, but when you realize you'll probably see them at the grocery store, the elementary school, the church, the movie theater, you have a greater incentive to be nice. When you're anonymous, it's a whole lot easier to be a jerk. See the internet for many, many examples. The worst of you can come out because you don't think you'll see those people again anyway. Who cares? Say the passive aggressive statement, cut off the stranger, climb over someone because they are just in the way. Maybe right now, You live in New York City and you think this is the silliest idea you've ever heard. You don't live in a small town. There are millions of people flowing through that city every day. Fair enough, fair enough. But keep this in mind. Every industry is a small town. You will work with the same people again. You will see the same people again. You will run into the same people again. I got a speaking engagement, for instance, at a company once that has 100,000 employees. It's one of the most valuable companies in the world. The person who booked me said, oh, hey, One of my coworkers worked with you 20 years ago. He'd love to say, hey, when you're in town. I shared an office with this person at the first real job I ever had in 1998. Did I think I would see him again? Did I think we'd both change cities and industries multiple times only to cross paths two decades later? Of course not. Thank goodness I wasn't a jerk to him. That's not always been the case. I've burned some bridges, some out of necessity, some out of immaturity and arrogance, a dangerous cocktail. Like, whoo, those two things together are so terrible. Immaturity and arrogance. Oh, I wish I'd been nice. I I do. I think you'll wish you'd been nice too. Nice wins long-term for you and everyone around you. Pretend you're in a small town because you are. Every industry is smaller than you think. Don't be a jerk. Number 10. The last one on our list, the 10th thing that nobody tells you when you graduate from college is, remember, it's all an audition. Full-time jobs are getting harder to find as more companies lean on the contract model. They'll hire you on a part-time basis or even as a full-time contractor, but won't jump into a long-term relationship without testing you out first. That's not failure though, that's, that's the future. Treat it like an audition. 
You might feel like you're just an understudy stuck backstage, but you're not. You're proving to that company you have what it takes to earn a leading role. Don't have a full-time job or nothing attitude when it comes to your job search. Today's job market demands flexibility, hustle, and occasionally tap dancing. That's true of every job, by the way, regardless of your age. The first time I spoke at the FedEx corporate headquarters, for instance, I was doing two things. Number one, super serving the audience. Number two, auditioning for the second speech. The second time they invited me back, guess what my goals were? Super serve the audience and audition for the third speech. The third time they invited me back, guess what my goals were? Number one, super serve the audience. Number two, audition for the fourth speech. An audition soundtrack keeps you hungry in the best way possible. Look at it as an audition. It's all an audition. Those are the 10 things I think they should tell every college grad. If you just graduated, congratulations. Congratulations on finishing college. Congratulations on joining the real fun world. We've been waiting for you. If you're 29 or 37 or 52 and still don't feel like you have it all figured out, well, congratulations to you too. None of us do. You're in the perfect place to continue working on your life. Just promise me, make a small promise, that you won't move into a retirement community trailer park. That, that never ends well. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for all the encouragement you guys have been giving me about my new book, Soundtracks. If you're an overthinker and want a little help turning overthinking from a super problem into a superpower, pick up a copy wherever books are sold. We'll also link to it in the show notes. Make sure you follow this podcast so you don't miss another episode. And if there was anything you enjoyed today, hit me up with a quick review. Thank you so much for doing that. See you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by MetaShare. Text John, J-O-N, to 474747 for more information. Huge thank you to MetaShare for sponsoring it. J-O-N, to 474747. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.